Hello, wild one. Welcome to the Shamanic Tantra Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Taraya, and I'm honored to have you on this journey with me. My intention with this show is to create a sacred space for conversations around all the things I wish I were taught growing up. I'm here to remind you that all of you is sacred. Every emotion, every experience, and every energy that runs through your body and heart is holy. Shamanic Tantra is a path I walk and it's a path of liberation. Freedom that's found deep within the body and deep inside the breath. It's a path of reclamation, of integrating every shade of who you are. The wild, the wonderful, the primal, and the pure. All is welcome here. It's a path of truth, of devotion to the pulsing, quivering truth of this very moment. As that's all there ever is. May we love each other, may we honor each other, and may we celebrate each other as we walk each other home. Aho, and on we go. Hello, everybody. This is Holly Taraya coming at you live with the Shamanic Tantra podcast on this beautiful sunny day in Costa Rica. And I'm glad to be back. It's been a little bit since I've recorded an episode and I have so many things to say and so many stories to share. And I'm excited for today's episode because this episode is all about one of the most common concerns that I hear from friends, from lovers, from myself, and from clients that I work with. And that is this sentence, Holly, I've lost my mojo. (laughs) I've lost my mojo, Holly. It reminds me of Austin Powers, right? That movie is all about getting his mojo back, baby. And so in today's episode, we're going to talk about mojo. Like, what is it, right? We so commonly say this and feel this, I've lost my mojo, but what does it mean? What is mojo? Where did it go when we've lost it? And how do we find it? And this is such a beautiful piece of the tantric awakening, the sexual liberation journey that I talk about so frequently is sexual sovereignty, is taking ownership, taking responsibility and empowerment for our mojo our eros, our sexual turn on, and to have wild and compassionate curiosity for it when it travels, when it moves, when it appears, when it disappears. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about what mojo is, where it goes when you've lost it, and how to find it again. And I'm going to be specifically sharing four tantric practices and ways of being that you can help, uh, that can help you integrate your mojo back into your life when you have lost it. And here's the secret. Your mojo has never actually left you. (laughs) Your mojo is always, always with you. So one of the key intentions for today's podcast, as we dive into this topic of what is mojo, is to expand your definition of what mojo is and to be able to recognize it when it changes shape, changes form, changes expression so that you can realize and recognize that it is always with you, always. And the exploration of bringing it deeper into your expression is what the Tantric Awakening journey is really all about. 
So let's begin with answering this question. What is mojo? So I did a little research today because I'm like, what exactly does mojo mean? Like if I am to Wikipedia mojo, like what is it? And mojo is actually, it's a type of sauce come, that comes from the Cajun cuisine. It's a spicy, juicy sauce. And I'm like, ah, that's perfect. That's such a perfect uh, metaphor for what mojo is in our human sexual experience. So mojo is your sauciness. It's your spiciness. It's your juiciness that brings flavor and expression to your embodiment. It's your turn on. It's your desire. It's your sensuality. It's your eros, right? It's the juiciness that resides in your sacral chakra and moves her way through your body and enlivens you and animates you and gives you a dynamic experience. Your mojo is the juice inside of your body that liberates you, that nourishes you, that ignites you, that pulses through you and leads you to deeper truth, that leads you to the next desire that's waiting to bloom inside of your body. So the mojo also translates, your eros translates to your flirt, your laughter, your silliness, your banter, your playfulness. Right, So when the mojo moves up through the heart space, it brings that lightness into your being, the ability to be silly and flirtatious and innocent with the world around you. When your mojo, your eros, that juiciness inside of your sexuality moves up to your power center, your solar plexus, your mojo brings you a sense of value and worth and courage to ask for what you want. Your mojo gives you permission to take up space, to dance wildly on a dance floor, to not be afraid to be seen, to speak your truth, to share your mission, right? And when your mojo moves up to your higher centers, your upper chakras, your throat, your voice, your vision, it fuels your purpose, your dharma. It gives you the courage and discernment to follow your intuition. So mostly when we think of the term mojo, again, I think of Austin Powers, like, I lost my mojo, baby. <laughs> we think of sexuality. We think of our ability to walk into a space and be turned on by it and to turn on others with our presence. We think of the ability to feel confident, to, to flirt with conviction, to take up space and ask for what we desire and want from those around us. We think of receptivity, our ability to open ourselves up to interaction and sexuality and eros with others. So this is what mojo is. And from the tantric perspective, your eros is your aliveness. It's the pulsing, quivering force that brings you to life. It's the force that breathes you, moves you, dances you, inspires you, cries you, angers you. It's your life force. It's your creative life force. And so my invitation here is to really expand your definition of what mojo really is. It's, it's your juice. It's your prana. It's your life force. And so when we lose our mojo, and if you could see me right now, I'm putting air quotes around lose because we never actually lose our mojo. We just forget where, where we are with it. We suppress it. We deny it. We bury it, we hide it, we, we shame it. And oftentimes, sometimes it will go to different parts of our body because we need healing, 
or we're moving through a grief portal, or as women, we're menstruating and releasing and dying. So when we lose our mojo, we, we don't actually lose it. It's just maybe it's hiding or maybe it's being utilized for things besides our outward sexual expression. So that's my second invitation to you today is to really see and invite the idea in that your mojo can never actually be lost. As long as you are breathing, as long as you are pulsing, as long as your heart is beating, you have your mojo. It is what keeps you alive. But perhaps it's just in a winter phase. So if you search my podcast here, I have a previous episode called The Seasons of Sexuality, Inviting Low Desire with Compassion. And so sometimes our mojo, our eros, is a little more dim. It's not as outwards, as yang, as penetrative in its expression, and it's actually going inwards in a yinward space, a yin space, a healing, a nourishing space. And so when we're moving through life transitions, and this could be grief and loss, it could be uncoupling and dissolving a partnership, it could be moving, it could be trauma, it could be uh, being in a space of scarcity and survival. Whatever type of life transition we're in, the intelligence of our body takes our mojo, our life force, our creative life force energy, and it directs it to wherever we need the most healing in our body. So if you're moving through a grief portal, this could be your heart. So when you're opening up your heart, when your heart is cracking open, you are crying tears of loss. Can you name this your mojo? Can you see that this too is your eros, that this is your aliveness, your sexuality moving upwards to your heart to cleanse you, to transform you, to crack you open? Can you view your mojo moving up to your heart as an orgasmic pulse that's nudging you to cry and surrender? Maybe if you're moving into a life transition where your body is in a space of dis-ease or disharmony, your mojo is recalibrating your ecosystem. It's flushing, it's detoxifying, it's bringing life and vitality to your cells and to your being. And so therefore it doesn't have the resources and reserve to be expressed as sexual outward energy. I really think of mojo as the overflow of your eros. It's like all your energetic, your physical, your spiritual body is resourced. Your nervous system is grounded. You feel safe. You feel whole. And your mojo is the overflow, the outward expression of that erotic energy, the pouring out. But there are times... There are times in your life when your mojo is needed for other purposes, for repair, for dissolution, for heartbreak, for integration, right? So again, when you feel grief, what if you were to label that eros, mojo? This is my turn on actually in my heart. What if when you were to feel rage and hate and fury, 
and that fiery energy moving through your body, you were to see that that too is your mojo. That is your erotic energy burning through, transmuting the unspoken nose in your body and bringing them to the surface, turning on your nose, setting boundaries, holding the line. That too is your mojo. What if you were to see sadness as mojo, as a cracking open of your heart and the tears that move through your eyes as an orgasm of your emotional body and heart space, that that too is your eros, that too is your mojo. And recognizing too that we also suppress our mojo. We suppress our eros. We hide it under layers of shame and conditioning, repression, guilt, unworthiness. So if you're unable to feel the eros, the pulse, the vitality of your sexuality, my question to you would be to ask yourself, why am I hiding this? Where do I not feel safe to express? What story am I telling myself about my sexuality in this space? So your eros is always there. It is alive, it's breathing, it's pulsing. It wants to be expressed and shared, whether in your own body, with your own pleasure, with your own emotional alchemy, and or with that of a lover or lovers. But your eros, your mojo, does not always want to go outwards. Sometimes it wants to be held and contained just for you, for your own body's healing, for your own integration and exploration. And so that's the secret. When you feel you've lost your mojo, perhaps you're forcing and wanting your mojo to be a certain way, to look like glitz and glam and lingerie and dripping desire. And of course, if you're going to create such a small container of what mojo should be like, then of course it's going to seem elusive when it doesn't show up that way. So when you feel you've lost your mojo, my invitation to you would be to place both of your hands on your body to breathe deeply into the space within and find the pulse within you, even if it's subtle, even if it's small, even if it's quiet, to find the pulse of aliveness in your being and say, there you are, there you are, and you have never left me and I will never leave you. And when I feel that I have lost you, I will find my way back to you because you are never actually lost. You have just been forgotten. So you never lose your mojo. The invitation is to invite your mojo in and to take up a greater capacity in your experience, to recognize that when you cry, that is your mojo, that is your eros. That when you're heartbroken, that is your eros. That when you're nervous, that is your eros. When you're afraid, that is your eros. That any experience you have that brings you to life in any which direction of expansion and contraction, that that is your eros. And to welcome it in fully. This is Tantra. To expand the capacity that you have to hold this life and to not make it such a narrow experience. And that includes your sexuality. 
that your desire does not always need to be seductive and have game and power. In fact, how does your eros feel when you welcome it in to a grief portal, when you welcome it in to numbness, when you welcome it in to not being receptive to the outside world and only receptive to your own truth and touch. So that's what Eros is, and that's where it lives, and that's where it goes when you've forgotten. And I want to share with you four ways to get in touch with your Eros. So notice I'm not saying to find it, because it's still here. Just touch your body, find your pulse, and there it is. But I'm going to share with you four tools to welcome it in, to embody it and to give it more space to show up in whatever way is true for it in this moment. And so the tool number one is acceptance. Acceptance. Accepting where you are with your mojo. And loving that. Not shooting it or shaming it to be something else, to show up in a different expression, but to be with it. If your eros isn't pulsing in your sacral chakra and your pussy and your cock, and instead it's dispersed as a low hum of anxiety in your body, welcome it. There it is. That is your version of aliveness in this moment. And it's beautiful. And the more you can welcome it in and accept it and say, there you are, the sooner it will move and change and alchemize and transform into something different. So if you push away your grief, if you push away your numbness, if you push away your anxiety without acceptance and instead go searching in the night for this form of eros and mojo that is shining and powerful, then you're missing the gift of the eros in its truest form in this moment. So step number one is to accept where you are in your journey. Maybe you're in a winter and you're in a space of dissolution and letting go and your creative life force, your mojo is going into dissolving internal structures, dissolving external containers in your relationship, dissolving egoic identities of who you used to be to make space for who you are. It takes a lot of life force to die, to dissolve, to let go. And that life force is your eros. It is your mojo. So accept and come into wholeheartedness with where your aliveness is in this moment. And spring will indeed come. It always does. And summer will come and your mojo will bloom in the ways that you desire. And then fall will come once again to remind you who you are. So acceptance, the tantric tool, number one. From that place of acceptance, you can step into the second tool, which is to be true, to embody your truth. So I had started out here in this conversation with sharing how many ways we suppress our eros, our mojo, which is our truth. Shame, unworthiness, conditioning, constriction. How do you suppress your truth? However you suppress your truth, that is the key to uncovering more 
of your turn on. So find the ways that you smush yourself, find the ways you compress yourself, find the ways that you bury your turn on and your truth and go into those spaces one by one, dust them off. Look at each grain of shame and bring that acceptance into it. Look at each downward energy that you have on your rising of your power, of your truth, of your sexual embodiment, and begin to dust it off one by one and make more space for the breathing inside of your body. Step into your truth. What are you not saying? Any words left unsaid will act as paperweights onto your eros onto your mojo and so every word you say liberates more of your truth liberates more of your turn on how are you acting out of alignment with your deepest truth step more into aligned action and more of your mojo and your liberated life force will come through your body and you will come to life this is why I call Tantra the path of liberation through embodiment. It's coming into your body and making space, saying the unsaid words, feeling the unfelt feelings, reclaiming the lost pieces. This is what brings your eros and your mojo back into your body. So this is the second step is coming into truth, being true to yourself. The truer you are, the more turned on you will be. Bam. That is a truth bomb right there. The truer you are, the more turned on you will be. So if you're not turned on, you can ask yourself, how am I not being in truth? And moving into that, the third step to reclaim your mojo, to invite your mojo, is to cleanse your emotional body. So I have a previous podcast episode called How to Increase Your Orgasmic Width with Your Emotional Depth. So if you want to learn more about the emotional body and how it relates to your eros and your turn on, listen to that episode. But to briefly share it here, your emotional body is the water element in your body. And the water element governs, governs your erotic sensations, your mojo. So clearing your emotional body, keeping the riverbanks of your emotional body open and clear and free allows your mojo to rise, allows it to move and pulse through your body. And so how do you cleanse your emotional body? You create containers of emotional release for yourself. So you create a container to feel and express your grief, or you create a container to feel and express your anger and your rage. And you create a ritual space for yourself. You set aside 15 to 20 minutes to feel the emotion that most wants to be liberated. And you create a space for yourself to go deep into that in your body, to cry, to roar. If it's emotions such as ecstasy and bliss and pleasure, you create space for that. You may be suppressing those higher frequency emotions in your emotional body. Maybe it's ecstatic dance and a self-pleasure practice that you need to bring your mojo back in. But clearing your emotional body, crying the tears, finding the places of contraction in your heart space and breathing into them and clearing them. It's like taking your foot off the hose. And when you take your foot off the hose and open your emotional body, your eros has more space to occupy within your being. 
your mojo is so deeply related to your emotions. And so when you clear your emotional body, it's like you clear away the dust, the cobwebs, the debris, so that your mojo, your eros, your turn on can pulse and beam and radiate throughout every cell in your body. And then the fourth way, the fourth tantric tool here to reclaim mojo, to bring more mojo and turn on into your body is self-pleasure. Self-pleasure. Mm. So if you've been following my work and listening to my podcast for a while, you know by now that this is my greatest teaching, my greatest tool for self-empowerment and for aliveness is self-pleasure to bring yourself into states of pleasure and touch and, and ecstasy and acceptance with your own body, first and foremost. So to develop a relationship with your self-pleasure that says, I am the sovereign, the royal sovereign being that claims pleasure for myself. And it's from there that you share it with others if you choose to. So often when we've lost our mojo, we outsource our turn on to the external world, right? It's like, I've lost my mojo. Let me get to the club and flirt and feel the bass and smell the sexy aromas, right? That will turn me on. And fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Go out into the world, invite turn on into your body. But don't expect the world to be responsible for your mojo because you're taking the keys of your turn on and handing it over to something other than yourself. And it's so deeply empowering to take full responsibility for your mojo and turn yourself on. Even when you're not at all turned on, even when you're in a winter, to slowly caress and touch your body and find the gentle mm, that's always available to you. No matter if you're grieving or sad or lonely, can you bring pleasure to that space? Can you celebrate yourself in that space? So if you don't already have a devotion to your self-pleasure practice, today's the day to start. To stoke your inner fire, to water your inner gardens, to bring the pulse of eros back into your body through your very own hands, to be your own best lover. And to connect wherever the eros and mojo is in your body to your sexual energy. So if you're in a grief portal and your heart is breaking open, to use one hand to pleasure yourself and the other hand to hold your heart, to feel the connection of eros and mojo between your sexual center and your heart space. And realize as I breathe, I am experiencing this as one. I am one breathing, pulsing human spiritual being. And that is Tantra. It's weaving yourself together. It's integrating the lost pieces back into one whole experience, one tapestry. And so recognizing that your whole body is made of mojo, of eros, of turn on, and that anything that's blocking that, preventing that, dulling that is something that's not true something that's untrue, something that's out of alignment, an old story, an old belief, an old trauma. And the path of tantric awakening is going into every part of your being and body and one by one with acceptance, with truth, 
with clearing of the emotional body and with pleasure, welcoming your truth, welcoming your turn on and realizing that it never left and that it never will. You're here with a mission to inspire and impact many through your purpose. I'm here to support your mission by sharing the tools, practices, and teachings of Tantra, empowering you to become empowered by pleasure as you light up the world with your love and service. Serve from overflow. This is the new paradigm way of the embodied feminine leader, and I am honored to teach you how. I'm here to help you gently release any and all things within your being that are out of alignment and no longer true, so you can create space for all your desires to enter your life. No more sacrificing yourself for service. No more putting pleasure, rest, and celebration at the bottom of the pile. It's time to let your feminine essence and primal sensual power become your new fuel source. It's time to come fully alive. Your tantric awakening awaits. Join me for Tantric Awakening, a three or six month mentorship for women to return to the throne of your body and become fully alive. Click the link below and visit hollytoraya.com slash mentorship to begin your Tantric Awakening journey today. Thank you for joining me today on the Shamanic Tantra podcast. To dive deeper on your Tantra journey, visit my website at hollytoraya.com for my online courses, books, private mentorships, and group coaching programs. Please subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with your friends. May you live in truth, beauty, and freedom. Love, Holly Toraya.